If you haven't signed up for the Discord channel, it is the weekly, bi-weekly annoying reminder to do so. Um, we're probably going to fall short of our, our our required goal for Chris Yang. So Noel and I will reconvene to discuss the future of Chris Yang. You can still reward yourself with some wonderful discounts from Athletic Brewing, from Cometeer, from any day. There's some terrific uh, discount codes, as well as Momofuku, shop.momofuku.com. And of course, this fabulous 15% off from Roy's Panettone and his uh, very dangerous Nutella, but that's not Nutella. I, I'll just be honest. I'm not ordering that for myself or anybody else because it's too dangerous. I will eat that whole goddamn jar of hazelnut chocolate. I don't even know what to call it. It's too dangerous. I'm not going to go there. But if you don't want to reward yourself with a discount code, with some wonderful holiday shopping, I think that's going to be a theme of some of the the topics we're going to talk about today. Uh, we've got some great commentary um, on culture and food and recipes and how to do things in general a little bit better, a little bit more deliciously. And all things Momofuku are instant noodles, the chili crunch, the soys, the tamaris, the salts and spices available nationwide at places like Target and Whole Foods. Or if you're not close to those, you can go to shop.momofuku.com and get a 10% discount code from our Discord account. Um, enough of uh, the plugging. Let's get on to the show. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a berry delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a berry delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Doma Media. Thank you, Olatengo, as always. I am uh, recording this with Noel and, and Chris. We're going to be doing a moif. If I sound a little sick, it's because I am. Um, hmm. I, I, I caught something horrific for my kids. And um, yeah, I, I tried to buy some cold medicine yesterday at a variety of local drugstores. And it felt like the beginning of the pandemic all over again. Zero. Instead of like uh, cleaning products and rubber gloves and shit like hmm. that. And sanitizer, Lysol, you shit you couldn't buy. It was all cold medicine. And it, it, it was a, I'm not a smart man, but when three out of four drugstores are completely empty and the only thing they have left are the homeopathic shit. Yeah. <laughs> Big people are pretty sick right now. Uh, uh, mm. I, uh, I saw some graph on Instagram sort of related that was funny to me. It was like, 
the amount of complaints on Amazon, like the, the number of Amazon reviews of Yankee candles with people complaining that they have no smell is like a perfect indicator of like a COVID <laughs> surge coming. Like the more people who start complaining about their Yankee candles not smelling, the more uh, COVID's out there. Anyway, the worst yeah. part about getting well, it's not COVID. From- it's the triple demic. It's the flu. It's RSV. I was talking to my doctor and they were like, yeah, it sounds like you might have RSV. I was like, how's that possible? He's like, well, your son had it. I was like, yeah. That was the like worst part about, about getting it from your kids, though, is that exact thing where, like, by the time you get it, they're on the mend, and now you have to, like, mm. parent a not sick child as a sick adult. That's the worst. Um, I did catch the tail end of, I, I'm glad that today, we're recording on Friday, I have a relatively light day, and everyone around me is like, wow, you, you should not work today. I'm like, this is how you know that I'm sick. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing anything. I am not going to do a goddamn thing. I can't. Um, but I did. Because I wasn't not able to take morning calls, et cetera, I was able to watch like the last 20 minutes of the Brazil game. Mm. Wow. Oh my God. We all kind of watched at different points, it sounds like, and all ended at different points from what we were just talking about right before this recording. But so Dave, you caught the last 20 minutes. How much of it did you watch, Ying? I had like I knew from I knew from like the the first half whistle that this was going to go into extra time like that's just croatia's thing just like they will drive you into extra time but then when neymar scored in like whatever that was 106 107th minute i was like well that's it and i turned it off like one minute before croatia (laughs) came back i turned it on pretty much right (laughs) after neymar scored oh my god oh my god uh insane man insane what do you think? Okay, can can I do a little baby overrated, underrated, Moif? Overrated or underrated? Or what is your just general opinion on the penalty shootout to decide a soccer match? Underrated. You love it. You think they just, just do penalty shootouts and no game? Yeah. Well, if you think about it, it would be cool if uh, national global conflicts were resolved this way. <laughs> Because that's what it feels like. No, but it feels like everything is on the line. You know, watching the the penalty shootout to be able to really feel for Rodrigo to understand the joy. It's it's that ABC tagline. The 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 triumphs of what what is that? It's the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. That's it. The thrill of Not victory, the agony of defeat. Yeah, you feel it very, very uh, uh, clearly in a penalty shootout. I but felt like, bad for Rodrigo. I felt really bad. And then Persic was the guy that scored. Persic scored. And then, yeah. But would you want to see like, a basketball game decided by free throws? No. Three point, even even three pointers. Like, would you want to see that? It was like we're all square. <laughs> we're all square after forty eight minutes here. Would you want to tie? I wouldn't want to tie. I mean, I'm I mean, saying part, somebody part has to of win. The problem with soccer is that it can't keep on running. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I mean, like it is the most logical way. It's better than a coin flip. It's better than like who can pick the ball farther. You know. <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Let's entertain this notion for a second. That if it came down to who, who could kick the ball the farthest, <laughs> might be equally entertaining. Come on now. Everybody, I think the penalty shootout is great. I, I mean, it rarely happens. You know, it's, it really is reserved for championship things like the EU cup or champions league or this, where you have to have a winner. I think it's awesome. And there's so much pressure. It's a lot like hitting free throws at the end of a game. 
it happens naturally in the NBA anyway. And it's what it is, is can you, can you be a psychopath under pressure? Basically, can you be a psychopath under pressure? But God, missing one, missing one. Oh my God. Like you could be the, you can like the best players. Like when, when the U S hosts the world cup, it was like, what's his face? Roberto Baggio, right? Sailed one over the bar to like, give it to Brazil. Like you can be literally the best player in the world and miss like it's, it's rough. Honestly, I was, I was hoping that it didn't get to Neymar. Okay. Here's my question. Strategically, though, why, why did you not want Neymar to do it? Because you didn't want him was, to miss. He was going to be the fifth anyway. He was going to go last anyway. Right. Hmm. But I'm saying, why you know? were you? You were pulling for him, and you were hoping that he wasn't going to have to miss. No, it's not that. I was happy that he scored. Yeah. So people would get off his back, and then like, if he miss, if he, I would want everyone. What I would want is everyone to hit theirs, the first five. Right. 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 So nobody gets shit on by the media because they missed later. Like uh, mm. in the European Cup, when Southgate trotted out Sancho and Rashford and they both missed, I felt so bad for them. Those guys got mm-hmm. beat up. And really all the racist badly. shit that they had to endure. It's fucking insane. Yep. It would have been better had they all, you know, hit their first goal. Right. And, and then, then it missed. goes to like once it's once the first five are through, you're like, OK, well, I don't expect anything out of you. <laughs> Yeah. You're to miss or you're not. But here's a question, because this has happened before. This ha- this happens like pretty regularly. Soccer teams when they're when they're making their five to to come up and take the PKs, like they they leave their best player as like an anchor, right? Like a a, a relay race. You have like Usain Bolt at the end. But like so often, that best penalty taker, the best player, doesn't get a chance. Where would you want to go? Would you like to kick first or last? I would prefer not to go. So last, <laughs> just in the hope that you lose before then. <laughs> no, I think that it's the exact opposite. You want to go first because it's the least memorable. Going going at the end, sure, you might not kick, but then if you have to kick and you screw that one up, mm-mm. no, no. I want to be the goalie because there's like nothing but glory for you. Like no one's expecting you to save shit. <laughs> and if you do, you're, you're a hero. No. No one's expecting anything well, out of you. Anyway, congratulations to Croatia. Big fan of Modric. That guy. He's unreal. He's unreal. Speaking of, before we get into my wife, did you got anybody read that Andrew Luck article on ESPN? It was on ESPN Plus. You have to be a real sports nerd. Seth Wickersham. It's it's a long article, extremely long article. But if you guys don't know, Andrew Luck was this football, American football, the lesser of the two footballs, a prodigy. Stanford, number one pick, one of the greatest prospects of all time. Played for the Indianapolis Colts, was very good, was oftentimes injured, played through the pain, and then retired at uh, age 30, right before the season was about to begin. And that was a sad article to read, Hmm. a really sad article, but I think it gives some, I I think it's an important article because it's showing what's behind the facade for so many people, whether you're an athlete, a chef, an actor, whatever. Like, I think the pressures and the stress and the, for him, clearly the physical hole that led to the mental toll, I think was really enlightening. And to see somebody that was just like, football's just not his life. And I think about this as a question that I ask myself, and I speak to a lot of people that are culinary for chefs. It's like, I don't want to be a chef anymore, or I don't want to do this anymore. Or I'm talking to a variety of people. And this is just sort of the thing that's coming out of the pandemic. It's something that I think is interesting, but it puts some light into why people were, I think people were really shocked that he quit at such a young age, mm-hmm. but I think it gives some better understanding as to why it happened. But it was a 
crazy article. I mean, I think it's interesting, right? Because if he's just a a, a guy who's good at his job, he's a electrician and he's really good at it. And he decides at a certain point, like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. Nobody's like, no, <laughs> where are you going? You have so many more years to give. But like, we feel like it's what? A waste, right? That's the feeling from the public. Yeah, but I don't know. It, it, you know, he's like getting his master's to teach at Stanford again. It's just, it's an interesting thing because whether they're athletes, I was thinking about Calvin Johnson, the wide receiver, of the Detroit Lions that retired at age 30. Also Barry Sanders retired at age 30. It's like Megatron. The public has an image of what you should be doing versus what maybe right. like, I don't want to be doing this anymore. Right. Like you owe it. Like, like the, you, the public is owed. Like you have this talent that can't be wasted. They're so young. So young. <laughs> so young. Anyway, I, I, I recommend you guys check out that article. I, I thought it was pretty good. Also, if you wanted to, another good article that happened, we talked about a little bit when uh, the two-time Pulitzer winning author or, or critic Wesley Morris was on the Bill Simmons podcast a couple of weeks ago. He published an article about the same sort of idea about where are all the movie stars young and mm-hmm. uh, I, something I'm thinking about a lot. We, we didn't get to touch on it too much. We, we, we referenced it a little bit with Jerry Saltz, with uh, Jasper Johns being the last great American artist. I still have been trying to unravel what he meant that that's not going to happen anymore. What was the reason? What was the reasoning he gave Jerry gave to why there will never be another great American artist? Uh, Well, I mean, so Jasper Johns was like declared this, this great American artist. And I think it's like the fracturing of like what uh, people value. Like there's, there's no like defined thing that you can say like, oh, there's only one great American artist because everyone there's like everyone's opinion is so much stronger now. There's not one central authority. There's no gatekeeper to say this declare Jasper Johns is the greatest American artist because there's no such thing. Like America is fractured. No, I'm not saying that in like a totally negative way, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's just too much to choose from when it comes to. I guess that's what I'm saying is like whether it's movies or chefs or or musicians or whatever. Like, there's it's it's the rest is more accessible. Like there was less accessible. So all you could see was like the movie star. All you could see was like the big album. All you could see was like the main artist. But now it's so much easier to see other stuff and like be into other shit. So because like Marguerite. Uh, of Momofuku, when she was in LA, she was telling me about Olivia Rodrigo because she sure. came to eat at Noodle Bar. And I was like, who's that? Oh, no, Dave. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, really, what this really boils down what what that tells me is just like, you're getting old, man. Yeah. I know. Two points. One, it is certainly a, a marker of, man, I'm getting fucking old, but it also shows that their pockets, the things that I care about, are not going to be nearly cared about as anyone that cares about Olivia Rodrigo, right? Right. This is the thing. You can be, you can have a huge following of of fans. And I listen to, I, I listen to her album because I was like, you know, I you told my like, wife, Grace was like, like an idiot. what are you talking about? I'm like, I listened, I was like, this sounds, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but she's huge. She's Pretty huge. Big. And there was also that one song that she had that I, this is also what, is I'm finding more and more rare is like when driver's license came out outside of Dave Chang, everyone was listening to it. And I mean, from every single age, no matter what kind of music you normally listen to, like everyone latched onto it. There was an SNL skit about it. Like that's how far that, how far 
ranging that song had gotten to. And I feel like there's less and less of that even of like, okay, this is cross age, cross culture. Everyone is on top of this. And, you know, she's one that I'll at least say that song, let not really her, but that song is one of the last kind of few things that I've seen in a while. It's rare. Do you like that song? It's even more rare. Oh yeah. I fucking love that song. How can you not? <laughs> but did you like feel that song? Every feel... every single female feels for that song. <laughs> Get out it's... of here. <laughs> you know what's funny? Just last thing to tie it like the to tie the salts to the Rodrigo bit. Like Jerry, the other thing Jerry was saying uh, in, when we were talking to him, Dave, and the other thing he writes about in his book is, you know, he's talking about how, like, in today's art world, it's the people who make like the diluted version of the original work that succeed, right? Like the the people who just like saw, uh, you know, Jackson Pollock, and they just like kind of imitate it, and they get to be big. And uh, as big as Olivia Rodrigo was, I was like, <laughs> I don't know if your kids listen to Kids Bop. Dave, but they're like the kids bop version of like pop songs are like kids singing songs without the cuss words and with like all, all like G-rated. And we were listening to Driver's License Kids Bop. And I was like, oh, Ruby, do you want to hear like the original version? And anytime I try to play the original version of a song, she's like, I don't want to hear this crap. I just want to hear like the kids singing. So like the kids just want to hear the kids version. So even Olivia Rodrigo is getting losing followers to an even younger demographic. <laughs> Of six-year-olds. <laughs> um, how did recording go yesterday, Chris? Oh, I almost died. I almost died. <laughs> I've never. <laughs> what happened? By, by video three, uh, Chris had been recording a bunch of recipe videos. And during the intro, I distinctly remember you saying like, hi, my name's Chris, yada, yada, yada. And just actively stretching during this, you know, as though no one was watching, just like twisting your back and stretching around. And my fine, back hurts, but... man. Dude, your back. I mean, like you've been standing in front of the stove a ton again. Like my back is killing me, dude. And we've also no. been like, we're, we've been cooking in this kitchen with like a low boy again, which I haven't had to do for a long time. Like reaching down into the low boy, man. This is a weird. So we've been filming a lot of content. The other day, we we had a guest that brought in some really nice fish, and I was thinking to myself, man, I don't have any of my gear for the same reason I feel about my soba. I don't have any of my gear. I've given all this shit away, and part of me has just been like, I've been so accustomed to cooking as a home cook. Again, not that I, I don't ideate and crumb up with stuff for restaurants, but like the actual physical stuff of working is not what I do, and I've given away all my stuff. So then now I'm just like, do I have to get it all over? Do I have to buy it all again? <laughs> and, and not only that, I don't know how to approach certain things without that certain mentality of like... Right, because you started talking about the fish and you hmm. didn't... Once, once like, because most of the cooking you've been doing in the kitchen was just with like whatever ingredients we could find at the market, right? And there was a ceiling to that. But then this came in. Yeah, and there's, and certain, there's certain things like, like now it's like, oh man, if I have to start breaking down fish or I have to break down lamb. If I have to like start to do things that are to me of just the provenance of restaurants, then I, I start blurring that line and I really don't want to cross that, that bridge. I think this is really interesting. Cause I think that like when we talk about, cause the other thing we've been talking about a lot is like holiday cooking. And we talked about Thanksgiving a ton. We talked about Christmas and there are certain projects that home cooks take on that, like to your point are usually the provenance of a restaurant. 
And you are like incredibly allergic to the idea of people doing these things at home, right? Mm. Mostly because you think they're going to fail. Mostly because you think like it's it's going to be a waste of their time and money. But there's like another element in there where I think like I'm just I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna armchair therapist you again here. But I I see how allergic you are to this notion, and I think part of it is because you're like if that were me, and I did that. I would be breaking through that wall that I don't want to go through again. I don't want to get back into that mode. If I was a tackle, no, I, I don't. And I, I think I'm going to find a way to get to a happy medium. But like right now, this is all sort of relatively new to me again. And like, even when I was rolling out pasta, I was like, Jesus, fuck, like, this is so weird. You know, I don't like it. So it's like, do I want to work with something that's awesome? Yeah. But like, I, I'm wrestling with what it means to me to like, take that on because I never cooked that way where it's fun. It's very similar, weirdly to golf. I haven't played golf in a long time because I don't enjoy it. And I asked myself, why didn't I enjoy it? We don't have to go down that road. But now I, if I play golf, I have to learn to play it. I can't play golf without it being ultra competitive. Mm -hmm. It's like impossible. If I want to hang out with some friends, I'm going to have to learn to play golf where it's fun. Right. The home cooking version of golf. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. There are certain things in cooking that are not outside of the home cooking that are professional, that are techniques and mindsets and ways of approaching something that I don't know how to do as fun. Yeah. Like cooking with love, right? Breaking down a lobe of foie gras. It's never been done with love. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Like dry aging, breaking down, a puri and then like hang in it or whatever. Like that, to me, that's like professional. Mm-hmm. It's clinical. Yeah. It's hard for me to do things that are like now merged with home cooking, but clearly I'm going to find a way, you know, like if someone brought dropped like a hundred pounds of anchovies, like I would fucking freak out <laughs> like fresh anchovies. Cause I would have to fillet them. Like, uh, right. I'd be like, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I see it. I saw it when, these the, like when you're saying like certain things like it, it is it's very obvious because I you know I sit there and I'm watching you cook most of this stuff and it's like the most of it is like I can see you're is you're still in kind of like home cook mode and you're like I'm gonna get this done quickly but then when it came to like I'm gonna roll pasta like you only know how to do that as well as you can and it disappoints you when you when you aren't doing it under the conditions you want like you were trying to slice pasta on like a warped cutting board where like the blade wasn't (laughs) making contact with the wood and that really bums you out yeah it totally does because like it's just different um i don't know like the other like you know what i did the other day it's like i bought a duck for home told myself that's something i never cook at home and i'm just like I think what I need to do is start to incorporate some of these things at home and find my rhythm and my pace. And like, I don't know if I buy better knives because I only know how to break down certain things with my, my toolkits, like giving them away was like a really, not just a symbolic thing. It was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done doing this. Yeah. You know, I don't even know who I gave my Inagi tos. Like mm-hmm. I had like so many nice shit, but then I have to ask myself like, why? do I need to slice fish this perfectly and this nicely? Why do I need a Deba, a mini Deba, a large Deba? And why do I need these things? You know? Yeah. I mean, part of that comes down to like, it's not just like your professional, but we talked about this too. It's like, 
part of that you feel like respect to the ingredient and you want to do do right by it if you don't want to, you don't want to saw at it with a fucking bread knife <laughs> you know like you want to yeah. do right so by it's, the thing. it's just such a different mindset home cooking versus professional is like night and day it really is the struggle i was having you know since you asked when i'm <laughs> shooting these things you know the, the thing that you were you know, obviously, like what we talked about on a few podcasts ago with, with Noel and, and and with Doc was just like what we're trying to do in shooting the this this content, making these videos, and, and everything we're doing with Major Domo is to like show you everything warts and all, right? Do the opposite of the fifteen second edit and do the full. Here's all the mistakes. Here are the anxieties. And you, you know, you have the you have the skill to like you know if you make a mistake if you don't know something you're gonna recover you're gonna intuit yourself to something else but like the part that I'm struggling with that you've asked of us is to just like let your mistakes show let it all be out there and like talk about it and like Noel was 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 watching a bunch of these videos that I was trying to shoot and it's like I'm I you know like yeah okay so here so there's an example is like uh, when when the when, when this fish guy brought in some fish like we ran out of time you didn't get around to all of it and you were like okay ying well tomorrow why don't, when you're shooting your stuff why don't you cook this nice dry aged fish this whole fish tomorrow and like show people how to how to do it and i was like oh okay <laughs> like i'm not usually nervous about cooking fish but, like suddenly now i was like i had anxiety about because then in the morning you text me you're like hey when you cook that fish like do one like shioyaki style and do one like pan roasted <laughs> i was like okay okay i guess like i know i can do it but the idea of fucking it up on camera and not having a chance to be like let me do that again let me get like another piece of fish let me like not show that i i, I burned this one or, or undercooked this one or whatever like that's still foreign to me and it was like uncomfortable to me because like i don't see other people doing that and i guess that's your point is like nobody else is doing that so we have to show all of our mistakes, but you know me, I don't like showing yeah, mistakes. Nobody, yeah, but nobody <laughs> likes looking like an imbecile, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like, I definitely look like an imbecile a few times, but like, I hope like that's what we're banking on that like showing that is, is a positive, but I'm, I'm, I was struggling with that Chang, struggling to just be like, can we cut and do that again? <laughs> can we, can we not show me looking like an idiot? But we'll see. I, as you were saying all of that, Chris, like. The biggest thing that I just keep telling myself, at least, is I, I'll be sitting around and watching you guys cook and the end result isn't right. But then I'm wholly reminded all the time that like people at home don't have that liberty of recooking everything, right? Yeah. Like Ultimately, you're left with whatever you made with whatever mistakes happen. And it's kind of like, okay, well, we're always working to improve. And I think that's a lot of what the content is focused on, right? It's like, we're not just stopping at the one video, which tends to be the case with most other people. It's like, here's the perfect end result and that's it and nothing else evermore. But, um, we are leaving I, yeah. all of it in. Like, yeah, I, I got a, I, <laughs> I got an email back from our, our post-production people who, who we've just told, like, we don't want to do anything to this. We don't want to edit anything. We want to just like leave it whole. And she was like, do you, are you sure? <laughs> she was like, do you want me to cut out this part where like Chris Chen is talking in the background? You have to tell him to shut up. <laughs> she's like, yeah, yeah, leave it all in. Everything, everything is in. And she's like, okay, like this is, this is crazy. Like she's like, it's super funny, but you guys are crazy. I'm just like, <laughs> just leave it all in everything in. So it'll be out there somewhere. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm looking like a buffoon and I would say 25 <laughs> to 30% of the shit that I make. <laughs> 
<laughs> I have to remember that every time I'm feeling bad, I'm going to be like, well, Dave, Dave did mess up that one thing. So like, we're okay. I don't think people get that I was putting myself in the weeds right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Purposely in the weeds. Anyway, yep. what with whatever we're shooting, it's intentional to just sort of like put in the hours and reps. It will get better. Uh, we're not on a home field advantage. We're cooking. It, everything is very difficult. <laughs> just put it that way. It's very difficult. And no one's fucking up more than me. <laughs> I'm giving you a uh. run for your money. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. Treat us some moifs. Yeah, I I don't know. Now that filming's done, it's like, whoa, we have another only two more weeks until Christmas. And so there's a big, big old call to the Discord on any sort of holiday related moif. So I definitely want to get through some of those. But let me actually start out with what I think is actually an interesting one. Uh, our good friend Dave MW at Dave MW on the Discord asks, so... Say you're trying to do Christmas on the cheap this year. Could you do something like a chuck roast and still make that super delicious for a holiday? And I would even add to that, how would you do? You know, you're not willing to spend dollars on dollars on, you know, a, a whole like prime rib or something. What would you do? How would you tackle how would you tackle the holidays? Well, we, this is this is funny because we were having this sort of exact we were having this exact conversation because like I, I I do the I do the prime rib thing. My dad loves prime rib. My mother-in-law loves prime rib. I spend some ungodly amount of money and then like inevitably I'm like kind of bummed out that it's not that I, that I spent so much money on a giant piece of meat and then didn't do as good of a job as a restaurant would have done. And Chang was prescribing this exact thing, like do something like a chuck roast. Roast a roast a whole chuck roast or 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 instead of doing a whole prime rib, do like ribeye steaks do something like a little more not not only a little more cheap but a little bit more approachable i guess the question is if i'm like here's a pot roast will people will like uh, christmas guests be like this fucking guy phoned it in where's my prime rib and the answer is probably yes this is why I continue to give them what they want. Uh, <laughs> uh, which is why I continue to give them a C plus prime rib <laughs> instead of the A minus chuck roast I could have done. Oh, like I don't yeah, I don't know. I... Like I'm a I'm a sucker. I think that Chang, you probably have like the opposite opinion. Would you serve a chuck roast for a holiday dinner? I would. I would do a whole chuck roast. What would you do? I would just roast the whole fucker. It's like fifteen <laughs> to eighteen pounds, depending on the size, if you can get a whole one. I think the size of it could be like beautiful. I mean, you have like four to five different muscles in 
the chuck roast. You have so many different wonderful cuts. The question is, can you cook it right? It's not an easy thing to cut whole. Right. I think you probably might want to break it down into the components, get the you get the chuck eye and all the other cuts that I can't remember the names of. Sean Gray used to do a, a, a nine-bone uh, steak at Co Bar. It was delicious, but you have to really slow cook it. I would say, though, that you could do it if you could find it. If you can find a whole chuck roast, the whole muscular section of that, then I would attempt to do it. And you could do the same thing with Yorkshire puddings, the whole, whole nine. So how, when, you're, when you're roasting, like the, if you're going to do the whole chuck roast, then you're talking about this like slow roasting thing. Uh, are you talking about doing it in that same style as a prime rib where you're getting like yeah. medium, medium rare slices? Or are you talking about no, taking no, it there's nothing, there's gonna be nothing. Yeah, there's no going to be no medium rare. If they, you cook it medium rare, you're going to break someone's teeth. <laughs> right. You're talking about doing a different style of roast, like all the yeah. way to... Slow roast. Real yeah. long, slow roast. Yeah. Um, I saw a post on Instagram from, I think it was like Cooks Illustrated or something that said, this year, save money, uh, cook a pork prime rib. Between a pork prime rib and a chuck roast, which of those things should we be doing? I don't even know what a pork prime rib is. What is that? Oh, it looks like a whole. That's got to be just the chunk. loin, right? It's just. The, I think it's so. It's just gonna be a. It's just gonna be a whole loin, a crown of pork roast. Uh, I'm not a fan. I'm still. I'm gonna go chuck roast all the way over a pork Going prime beef. rib or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't. I love pork. If anybody who's ever seen my face and body know, <laughs> but like I don't. I can't. Uh, I don't love like a whole roast pork loin that much. Well, this is a season all about tradition, too. So moving on to another question from at Bad Lemur on the Discord. What's the best culinary Christmas Eve tradition or just Christmas tradition? Maybe what's your Christmas tradition? You know what? I don't think I've ever seen a whole roasted chuck roll before. <laughs> I'm going to try to do it this Christmas. I got to find a whole one. There's often times Noel in this podcast for like yeah. uh, uh, Dave stops uh, talking for a second. I just know that we have left we like we left him behind at the last bus stop where he yeah, was just like true. looking at the art still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we like we're in a museum and he's still looking at a painting. We've moved three exhibits over. And we're like, oh shit, where did Dave go? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Whole chuck roll a whole one. Whole. I think a whole one. I mean, you get the chuck eye that would be delicious. Then you get the Denver cuts. You're gonna get a lot of trim. So I'm wondering if you take out the trim. I'm just wondering, has anyone seen a whole roasted chuck? Like the whole cut. That could be actually pretty so, okay. cool. So really quickly, because this is confusing to me. Uh, uh, when you, you keep on sort of distinguishing between like the whole cut and like say what you get at a The whole cut market. I'm trying to talk about is something that will be the size of like three to four whole gallon milk jugs. <laughs> okay. You know, probably three. If you stack all the milk jugs together, it'd be like that big. It'd be pretty big. Measuring a measuring a piece of beef by to the number of gallons of milk is like the whitest thing you've ever said. Because <laughs> it's 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 gonna be fourteen to twenty pounds. Depending is it basically, on the size of the it's cow. basically the, the the whole shoulder of a cow. Am I? Is yeah, that the what neck I'm down at? to like the like here past the quarter first quarter. That is like. So in general, on an animal, 
whether it's like a, a, a bird or a beast, like just like that arm chunk is the best, right? I don't know. So why wouldn't the, the best? I mean, I you know, good. thighs, <laughs> pork mm-hmm. shoulder. No, it's like the upper, upper part of the, the neck to the shoulder. Yeah. I think like, it could work. I think it could work. Listen, <laughs> if you put a if scarf I can find around a cow. One, if I yeah. can find it, a whole motherfucker without ordering it special, I'm going to do it. That's going to be my Christmas dinner. Right. Whole chuck roast. I don't think you're gonna save money. You can just get like you can get like a four pound chuck roast that's tied up at at a supermarket. That'll be fine for way more food for two people, two to four people. And I would just slow roast that. Definitely not medium rare. That's a three hour cook at minimum, regardless. This is this is what this is what the people on the other side of the tracks call a a pot roast, right? Am I am I wrong? This is like what what you would put this in a pot. It's a pot roast. I'd rather eat a pot roast than than a prime rib any day any day wow wow prime rib only prime rib at home is garbage yeah you were saying something very interesting the other day about this i gotta go to a place that does it right you said you said like well you were talking about prime rib generally even at a restaurant you were like the middle part of the prime rib is boring just like in life the middle's always boring yeah (laughs) it's just flaccid yeah the same it's the same it's it's like just vanilla <laughs> without any sugar. What? What? Is the uh, am I okay? Just last last beef anatomy question. Like the outside part is the best part of of the prime rib. Is that spinalis the lift- dorsi? Is that the is the is that the same? Is the spinalis dorsi the same thing as the lifter? Or is that different? I've never heard of lifter. I know oh. the band Lifter Puller from Dave M W's Neck of the Woods, Minneapolis. Uh, <laughs> that later oh turned into God. the Hold Steady, but I don't know. Lifter. Oh, I thought it was called the Lifter. Somebody's, somebody's definitely, somebody listening to this, some, some meat, some meat dork is losing their minds right now. <laughs> Just losing their <laughs> minds, absolutely losing their minds at my stupidity. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, Don't send me an email. I know. I'll look it up. Uh, what else? What were, what were we talking about? Oh, we holiday traditions? About, yeah, Christmas, Christmas Eve tradition? traditions. We do hot pot at my house. We do not like right. Sichuan style hot yeah, pot. Yeah, the whole world do. knows you do hot pot now. Since you put it on Major Dumb Media Top TV. <laughs> This is, this is, I liked it because this was like, this was my clever, there are two clever things I've ever done. I try to live my life, my, my family life according to the fusion mantra. And there's only been two successes in my life. One is, uh, my, my wife, her Christmas Eve tradition was always to have fondue. And when we started merging our Christmases, I was like, I don't want to have fondue, but we can do something very similar, which is hot pot. And she's been very happy to have this sort of similar but better thing. And the other thing I did was the the females in my wife's family all have a middle name of Lin, but all the fem- all the kids in my family have a Chinese middle name. And so I asked my parents to use the word Lin as a basis for a middle name. So my daughter's middle name is Yuan Ling. What's your Christmas Eve tradition, Chang? I don't really have one. <laughs> We open up presents. There was never any tradition. Oh, I thought it was was like like, looking down on Whoville from your cave and then putting some antlers on your dog and stealing all the toys. (laughs) No, I think the traditions now are just, I I think, getting started. Like, you know, we have a Christmas tree. 
We've never done stockings or shelf on an elf or whatever. What is shelf on an elf? I don't even understand what the fuck <laughs> It's that not is. shelf on an elf. That's where you crush <laughs> so an elf. So sad for the elf. <laughs> elf on a shelf. <laughs> I've never done it either, but all parents... Is, is it okay that if I'm horrifically mean to elves, is it okay <laughs> that I fucking want them to be squashed from existence and eradicated? Is that okay? You know why? They don't fucking exist. Oh, man. <laughs> Elves as a species don't fucking exist. So if I say horrible fucking things about them, it's okay because they will never fucking exist. So if I call them shelf on a fucking elf, who gives a fuck? <laughs> Wait, could you come? Okay, if, so like, that's an interesting question. If like, if Dave just like had some like violent racism toward elves, <laughs> came out with a horrible epithet for elves, yeah, would people get angry at your well, like, the racism, racism? Yes. I'm not, it's not right. It is like a speciesism. Yeah, speciesism. <laughs> Fuck them elves. Oh my. <laughs> See, oh it's okay. God. Fucking hate elves. Well, but wait, you guys are fully in. I can't trust elves. I fucking hate them. Crazy. Dobby, Dobby sucks. <laughs> the house elf. What's oh, amazing? Dobby doesn't how, even how... exist. You know why? Dobby doesn't even exist. It's like what I fucking think? hate dragons. Okay. Is Dobby is Dobby of the same species as Legolas? Are they the same? Oh my god! <laughs> what okay. is like Dobby's relation with Legolas? Is he just like? <laughs> does the elf race can it look like super beautiful and super ugly? You know what? I, you know what? I, I think we need to burn them all down. <laughs> or ants. Uh, ants. Yeah, I'm done with ants. God, they just get rid so of boring. the ants and the first men and all of those fucking people that don't exist. Those are crazy. You guys are crazy. Uh, well, you guys are in full Santa dad bothered, mode. I think we've bothered uh, Noelle. This has been a She's really a huge wild fan of werewolves. Friday. Noelle is a huge fan of werewolves and Draculas yeah. and Frankensteins. And elves. You know, everything. <laughs> all of the above. All of the above. Um, no, but you guys are in full Santa dad mode now. So, like, uh, this actually Oof. did come up because I am bringing it back to the Discord questions. But what are you guys putting out for Santa this year? What What are the kids leaving for Santa to eat? Asks at ye. I, wait, so, so someone told me Elf on a Shelf. Shelf on an Elf. What is that? Elf on a Shelf. <sighs> what is it? It's this, like, horrifying looking Chucky doll that you're supposed to move and like hide in different places in your house every night that your kids are like, the elf moved. Wait, I, all I know is like every parent who's uh, ever did done you grow told up doing me this, like, Noel? Did no, you no, grow no. up doing this? No, this, this is, is a more recent. People? This is like a recent revelation a recent and thing. like a multi, an omni-channel business that I find wildly fascinating. That's all based off of like an elf just like watching you and move moves from place to place, and are there you're supposed involved? to do like good things. It's just the elf. The office like Santa's. Do you spy. guys do stockings? I used to. I was like a kid. Are you yeah, gonna bring? It, do you bring it back for your kids, Chris? Yeah, yeah, man. We just. I mean, I we didn't. I I never knew what was supposed to go in a stocking. We had them as kids, but they were just like whatever was small went in there. Now we stuff them full of lottery scratchers, which nice. I'm a fan of. <laughs> nice. I've always been partial to the idea of coal. <laughs> so is my son. I was like trying to explain to my two-year-old, like, because it worked on on Ruby. I was like, I was constantly for three months. I was like, "Don't do that." Santa's watching, and she'd be like, "Okay, okay, okay, my bad. I'm I'm good. I'm good." <laughs> I told Keith, like, if you're naughty, if you're nice, Santa will bring you presents. If you're naughty, you get a piece of coal. And he was like, 
I'm going to be naughty, get a stinky rock for Christmas and eat it. And I was like, oh my God, I hate this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, we're not a stocking family. We've never been a stocking family. Hmm. Will you hang them this year? Tell us the truth. Will you hang stockings this year? I mean, I think Hugo's going to be in trouble when he finds out that's, you know, when someone tells him you don't have stockings, because like, we're just not going to do that. Oh, man. Wait, so you have a tree up in your house, though? Yeah. Is it real or is it fake? It's real. It's a fake tree, as they oh. should be. That's real. That's what makes it real. It's fake. Wow. What was your logic in the fake versus the real? Yeah. Because I I would rather preserve the planet than chop down a tree. I looked this up ahead of time. Real trees, better for the planet. I was going to say, isn't it actually worse because of all of the plastic Mm-mm. that's in a Mm-mm. fake tree? Not if you use it in perpetuity. No, this is like, no. <laughs> this is a no. generational it, tree. This is a generational 30, tree. It's going to be 35,000 Christmases to make up for one yeah. plastic tree. No. You can't tell me that I'm not right. Mine's a generational tree. (laughs) How many generations has it been through so far? (laughs) Uh. He's intending it for to be a generational tree. I I can't help but notice a tree behind you there, Noel. That looks like a fake tree. It's definitely a fake tree because I'm in a New York apartment, so I'm not I'm not lugging a real tree back. No thanks. But I do miss the smell, so maybe I'll get a wreath or something. Nothing's worse than taking out a Christmas tree in New York City. The worst. If you haven't lived <sighs> in New York it. City, it doesn't matter if you say, like, I live in a big city somewhere. No, it doesn't count. New York City it. Christmas tree season is great when they're selling it on the streets. It's very festive. There's nothing worse than the decaying trees <laughs> on the street. I'm surprised that they even get to be fit into the trash trucks. But the worst thing about it is carrying your tree to the garbage room or outside and just the shrapnel of needles, pine needles everywhere. <laughs> yeah. From your house awful. to the door. It's awful. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it doesn't count if you're like, yeah, it happens in a house. No, it doesn't. Not like this. Not like the flights of stairs. <laughs> Not like, mm-hmm. It's the worst. Something Chris Yang has never experienced. You don't know. I imagine it looks like Fangorn Forest after the Battle of Isengard. (laughs) (laughs) What the? Wow. Oh, God. Wait, okay, but can we go back to it, though? Are you putting out any cookies for Santa this year? We put out cookies, and we have to put out carrots for the reindeers, and then I have to take a goddamn nibble of a baby carrot at 11 o'clock that I don't want to eat, which bums me out. We haven't done, we're not doing any of those things. We got to do it. Is Santa going to stop by the Chang house? Well, it depends. If he was not acting properly, Santa's not going to come by. That's bullshit. That's utter bullshit. Santa's coming. Santa's coming for sure. Well, we're leaving messages every day, updates. Uh, I I already showed you this, right? What? I don't know. I'm nervous. I I say, okay. All right, Hugo, you want to act that way? Fine. No, you're sending voice memos to Santa. <laughs> Merry Christmas! This is Santa Claus, and you have reached. Hey, who is that? What is that? Is that like a recording of a an animated dog? to deliver on Christmas morning, and I want you to know that your family loves you very much, and so do I. So be good, and don't forget to always listen to your parents when you hear the tone. 
Please leave me your Christmas gift wishes and holiday cheer. What is that? Who is that? I know who's been naughty and nice. (laughs) Merry Christmas, and I'll see you soon. Is that the real Santa? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wait, are you playing that for Hugo every day? Just like a message from Santa, a reminder to be good? That says what? We call Santa. What? How do you do that? I have him in my phone number on my phone. As you can see, Santa. It's a Santa. It's a, it's, it's a number. I'll text it to you. Okay. There's also a FaceTime that I'm saving. <laughs> you have for to pay like a, for now. For like a full meltdown? Full meltdown. Be like, all right, dude. You want to you wanna throw down? You want to call the thunder? I'll fucking call the thunder, kid. <laughs> I'm going to FaceTime. Oh, no. I'm going to FaceTime my boy Kringle right now. <laughs> I am waiting. I'm waiting for the next meltdown to be like, okay. All right, but so I was saying it worked super well for Ruby. Does it work for Hugo? Is he just like, I'm cool? Oh, every time I call Santa, he's like, oh, yes, cool. sir. What I'm do you cool. want? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Dude, that is dope as hell. I love that. <laughs> and then it almost ends up when it lets the beep. He goes, I'm sorry, Santa. And, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Santa. Santa. I, again, I'm using Santa as I would if I was Supreme Dictator of North Korea. I mean, right. You've weaponized I'm just saying, Santa. I'm, 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 I'm being trained. Supreme <laughs> Dictator. Just tap me in. I'm ready. Oh, oh no. Um, I do want to go back to this Christmas tradition thing because something that I forgot to mention is like in Bad Weemer's long question and, and description, he had mentioned that like the... Um, the feast of the seven fishes, like the Italian feast of the seven fishes, is one of his extended families, like traditions. Amongst many, like many other families, do this, and so that kind of begs the question: which is better, the Italian feast of the seven fishes or the Vietnamese seven courses of beef? Do you remember the feast of the seven fishes and the and the feast of the seven beefs? Of course, I do. The, the seven, we review the these? beef. Listen, I'll take the beef. I think the beef is better, but since it's Christmas, I'm, I'll choose uh, the feast of the seven fishes. <laughs> is the so the 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 difference? The only difference is like I think the there's one the feast of the seven one fishes is, more is delicious just like, than the other. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from the obvious difference between these two traditions, like the feast of the seven fishes, like amorphous. I think you can be like whatever seven fish dishes you want, but like the seven courses of beef are pretty mm-hmm, standard. Mm-hmm, Am mm-hmm. I remembering that correctly? When you did it at my passion, it was, it was like ten, pretty like huge too, and it was awesome. Yeah, intended it. What was your favorite of the seven courses? I don't remember. Of beef? It was just meat sweats. That's what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> seven courses of beef is, I will say, more delicious, way more aggressive. <laughs> Seven. It's like Feast of the Seven Fishes. Seven courses of beef. So aggressive. They're very light. They're like, very that's light. so intense. Oh yeah. Totally are you guys? Are light. you guys? Super f- light. Seven fish. What? Where's the? What, what's the religi- never had religious history historical context again? It is an Italian American Christmas Eve tradition. Christmas Eve is a vigil or fasting day, and the abundance of seafood reflects the observance of abstinence from meat until the feast of Christmas Day itself. So basically, it's like the warm-up for seven courses of beef. <laughs> like, looking forward to the beef. It's a celebration mm. of abstinence, which is always a great thing. Baby Jesus. Good old baby Jesus. Which one would you take, Noel? Um, Probably beef, only because every 
Yeah, yeah. I actually didn't realize that Feast of the Seven Fishes was a thing until I got older and I started having friends who like actually did that. And the problem though is every single time that they describe it, I ask like, okay, what are your seven fishes? And I feel like after fish dish number four, there's always some kind of stressor where it's just like, ah, and then we just have to add like three more things just to do it. And I just, I... I don't know. I don't want, I just don't want fish for the sake of fish, you know? You're totally right. It's always like, first we do some like beautiful anchovies that we like Mm -hmm. filleted and salted ourselves. Then we got the baked clams and then you have, you know, your, your tartare or whatever. And then, you know, we kind of run out of stuff and then we just like kind of bake a salmon and like open a can of clam chowder. Like that's always how it gets described as like, and then like we kind of just serve those like goldfish crackers to like round it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but look, we did just have our own team holiday dinner uh, at Taste of MP. Speaking a Ying, of feasts, a, yeah, a Chris Ying choice. There were not seven fishes. Um, but what happened was that day, you know, the rest of us had gotten there a little bit earlier than a once in your Chang, and then he came in when all of the dishes were out. And he looked around and said, you know, there's overordering. Then there's this. <laughs> so so I know we've kind of discussed this before, but I think it's worth rehashing this out. What is over, over, I can tell ordering. you right now, it's very simple. And I want to hear Chris's response first, because I, I feel like Matlock right now. I have a slam dunk prosecution. That's going to take like one sentence. Okay. So like Noel said, Dave was, uh, you know, 15 was or 20 minutes behind. He was, he was all over uh, my dealing, house. dealing with vomit, dealing with his, his sick children. I like this restaurant a lot, though. I had pre-ordered one thing. I had pre-ordered a whole chicken that they kind of prepare like Peking duck style. And I, um, the original size of this party was going to be greater. And it, it, by the time we got there, it was five of us. Sans Dave was not there yet. And I um I ordered as though there were eight of us, which I thought was appropriate. So I got what did I do? We did the chicken, we did a whole crab, we did a whole fish, we did smashed cucumbers, we did the crispy noodles with beef because Dave said he likes it with beef better. I was trying to be thoughtful for my friend here. Uh we did a couple of other vegetable dishes, and I think that was it. Am I missing anything? Maybe one or two other little things. And there was it. like, yep. there was a lot of, there was a lot of food. I admit. You got a tofu, you got a um, real tofu dish. A braised, a, a braised tofu and abalone sauce with, with enoki mushrooms. We did snow pea shoots. <laughs> and again, until before Dave arrived, it was four of us eating this, but then Dave rolled in and listen, I admit he had also texted me before he came and was like, don't worry too much about me. I'm not hungry. <laughs> But like nobody else at the table knew that you were going to come not hungry. So I ordered a lot of food. You ordered too much food simply by this metric. The crab was uneaten. Okay. The crab was almost untouched when I got there. Yeah. That was sure. a, fo- a folly of the highest ordering you could possibly have done. And you could have ordered differently. You could have ordered the timing differently. But all that matters is you, you eat the crab first or, or like make sure the crab is consumed and then should have added on. Sure. 
You and I both know I have no control over the order in which that well, Chinese okay, restaurant is going to be. Well, that's okay, but you should. You got to bend that restaurant less. to your will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's what really happened, though. So Dave <laughs> arrives and he's just like, "What the fuck? Why did you guys let Ying order? He overordered. He blah blah blah. Jig sucks." After I had been like pulling food aside to put it on Chig's plate. Now I'm just like, great. Now I definitely overordered. Now that there was legitimately a ton of food left on the table. But then, <laughs> just out of pride, I had to put yeah, it into overdrive. I saw, I, I, <laughs> like the goddess Shiva, just arms going fucking everywhere. <laughs> I had already basically eaten a full meal when Dave showed up and started complaining about how there was too much food. And I, was just, just a, I, I, I was just like, <laughs> I can't believe we let the crab just sit there. It was embarrassing. It got eaten. Not at its it time, at not at its day. optimal moment. Yeah. I had a hot I piece didn't. of crab, but there was too much. I couldn't eat <laughs> I needed a we break. We wound up eating I everything for the most part. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Because we mm-hmm. had to take it to the level we over, had to take it to the level ordering. where most people were unhappy with the quantity of food that was consumed. Yeah. Although we got to the end of this over over ordering and then like the sort of makeup eating that had to happen. And then somebody was like, what's for dessert? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it was wasn't me. me. It was me. And who was that somebody? Because part of my sickness was I saw the pain that was in your face and I wanted to add to that pain. I literally left. <laughs> he ordered dessert and showed up and I was like, I'm fucking out. I'm but out you didn't. You ate it. I can't stick around for this. I did not eat my whole. So the dessert was, so was crazy, good. though. It's uh, we ordered tang yuan, which is like these kind of glutinous rice balls filled with like a sort of sugary, sandy sesame paste. And usually it's served in like a rice wine broth, kind of like a, a little similar to like Korean makgeolli. But on this occasion, it was served in a very rich, very creamy coconut broth. It was like coconut and something else. Did you? Was it like peanut? I don't or something know, in there? but it was delicious. This is the first time you've ever said a it's Chinese true. dessert was delicious. Maybe true. an Asian dessert. It was very good. It was crazy. It was, it was very good. It was very rich. If I had, if we had to redo nice it, feast, this though. is what I would have done on the order. I would have foregone on the fish. I would have done the noodles. I would have done the crab. And I would have done the snow pea shoots and another dish. And that would have been it to start. Hmm. Maybe the chicken. I would have done the chicken, the snow pea shoots, and the crab. And, and I probably what, wouldn't have done the what? noodles. I didn't order noodles more? too much. And then, and then I would have said, okay, do we need rice? Do we need something else? Something else? Hmm. I don't believe the fish that. was overkill. <laughs> the fish was overkill. The fish is what the it fish was also was a giant. I have a hard fish. time going. I have a hard time going to a restaurant that offers like a, a steamed fish out of the tank and not doing it though. Like I have a, I, it's an impossibility. I can't go to a restaurant and not do it. You know, I've been on call. By the way, I, I was on a call with Santa for twelve minutes. I left him a twelve minute podcast message. <laughs> Just this podcast. Just now. <laughs> I hope Santa calls you back and he's like, "Ho, ho, ho! You should be nicer to your friend Chris." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for ordering. Thank you for taking it. For taking us there it was nice to get everyone together. It was a nice. It was, it was nice to get dinner. We don't get to mm-hmm. all as much as we we like sit around and and cook and talk about food. It's actually too rare that our our whole team gets to have food together. So it was very nice. Peanuts were good. Yeah. Fuck, peanuts were good. <laughs> Salty, sugary. Goddamn. Peanuts were good. Yeah. No, you also got duck okay. too, didn't you? No, 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 no. You kept saying no. no, no, no. It was that just was the chicken. chicken. 
That was that's a was good ass chicken. chicken though. I wouldn't mm-hmm. know because mine was soggy by the time I got it. Oh god. <laughs> that's not <laughs> not it's not the chicken's fault and that's not yay's uh, fault and, and, dave and, 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 there's and only one person at you fault. guys left me the best piece of crab so i take it take it how you <laughs> see, yeah. you know how we feel about you now yeah. <laughs> we kept on putting the lazy susan in front of him. oh by the way chang i did i did get to see i did i got to, i got to witness that nobody on our team listens to our podcast because when the crispy noodles came out everybody fools. went straight for it Those and i was fools. like suckers suckers <laughs> anyway huh. okay that's all that's she wrote all. for today's moif yeah really we outperform you thought you thought your sickness was going to keep us shy yeah. of of an hour but those calls to santa <laughs> put us over the top yeah i'm sorry i would talk more but i am like i've so do you guys take the same uh when when uh you take cold medication do you take the amount that is recommended or you take extra up and up right yeah, a little extra. I have like the Steriflu bottle thing. I don't take it in the 30 milliliter capsule. It's a quarter of a bottle each serving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a my, my Pepto Bismol approach. <laughs> I throw in, I throw in the top. Like that's how I got like the portioning thing. I just like throw that away and just drink it out of the bottle. That's my Pepto approach. Um, all right, give us five stars. However you rate this, we'll talk to you later this week. <laughs>